0: What's up, Golong listeners and Go Long readers? Thank you so much for making this podcast part of your morning, your afternoon, your evening. We are unbelievably appreciative for that. A quick solo pod today. There's a lot happening down at Phoenix for the owners' meetings. I thought we would just hit on a, a few topics. So physically, we're not there for uh, the owners' meetings. We did the Super Bowl We did the combine and just really felt this offseason, it was best to put your investment, your subscription revenue toward some long-form trips coming up. So we've got a lot scheduled uh, through April, May, June. There is no offseason in the NFL, as you're well aware. So uh, we've got a lot of big-time projects coming up that I think you'll really enjoy. Uh, But, yes, news-wise, Lamar Jackson, of course, and the headlines – We've heard from several different head coaches, GMs, owners. I guess all in all, not a hell of a lot has changed. Um, all of these people in power, and that's the other thing. I, you know, The owners of Indians is, is, is important and there's news that comes out of it, but it's a lot of people in suits, people in charge that aren't necessarily you know, player first. And I think this is... A grade A example of that where they, you know, say nice things about Lamar Jackson uh, publicly, but actions speak louder than words. And there has not been any action whatsoever when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens quarterback. And it sure sounds like the relationship is broken beyond repair. Probably not a coincidence that Lamar Jackson himself is tweeting the fact that he asked for a trade out at the time at the second John Harbaugh is meeting with the media at the owner's meeting. When that request was put in, what, March 3rd, he said? So it was a a long time ago. I'm going to pull up Lamar Jackson's exact statement here, and we know it's coming from Lamar Jackson. He doesn't have representation, so this is straight from the quarterback's mouth. He wants out a letter to my fans. He writes, I want to first thank you all. For all of the love and support you consistently show towards me, all of you are amazing, and I appreciate you all so much. I want you all to know not to believe everything you read about me. Let me personally answer your questions. And it's a thread here. In regards to my future plans, as of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization for which the Ravens have not been interested in meeting my value, any and everyone that's that's met me or been around me. No, I love the game of football, and my dream is to help a team win the Super Bowl. You are all great, but I had to make a business decision that was best for my family and I. No matter how far I go or where my career takes me, I'll continue to be close to my fans of Baltimore Flock Nation and the entire state of Maryland. You'll see me again. You know, I guess my takeaway from Lamar Jackson's public comments is the fact that this relationship is broken beyond repair. It's really hard to see these two sides singing kumbaya. It can happen. I mean, it was just two years ago that all of us assumed Aaron Rodgers was done with the Packers. He's letting it be known. He wants Brian Kudikins fired. Um, And what happens? The the Packers beg and plead, convince him to return. Uh, They make so many concessions in so many ways. And he continues to play football until the breaking point is what we see right now on that front, which that's going to be worth its own podcast because it's really hard to wrap your mind around that entire situation, right? Surprise, surprise. He was less than truthful uh, to his pal, Pat McAfee, on the YouTube program a couple weeks ago. Brian Gudikins, who has really been unbelievably professional, unbelievably poised. I can't believe he's been able to bite his tongue at every turn here and when he easily could just tell us exactly what's happening and it would not look good for the quarterback. They protected the quarterback publicly for several years now. Finally uh, had no choice, really. You know, when blatant lies in his estimation, his mind, are are spewed by the quarterback, he has to defend the organization and the fact that they tried to reach him, and Aaron Rodgers had no interest in having that conversation, so he had to do his job. He had to run a team. <laughs> Um, And then Aaron Rodgers said it's his intent to play for the Jets and pointed the finger at the Packers. So, yeah, uh, I I really do hope Brian Gudikins is able to enjoy himself a spotted cow or five, and that goes for Matt LaFleur, too. At this point, uh, Bob's report that the organization is disgusted a month ago, probably, you know, stronger than that. I think that they've made it very clear. Mark Murphy to Brian Gudikins to Matt LaFleur with their public comments. Lord knows what they're thinking and saying privately. Publicly, they, uh, they they they've made it very known and very clear. They're done with Aaron Rodgers. It's the Jordan Love era. It's just a matter of getting the deal done. Who has the leverage? This weird game of chicken. But yeah, it's a uh, not 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 necessarily a shock that Aaron Rodgers would twist and bend and contort the truth uh, from his bully pulpit. He's done that before. We've seen it for several years now. And we got off track pretty quick there. Lamar Jackson. What happens with Lamar Jackson? Well, there are a lot of other factors that do matter here. Number one, it's the guaranteed money, right? Teams don't want to take their cue from Jimmy Haslam, giving Deshaun Watson a unprecedented amount of money guaranteed. uh, When he had all of those accusations of sexual assault hanging over his head, they they pay up to get Le- D- D- Deshaun Watson because when you're the Cleveland Browns, that's what you kind of have to do. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I would assume, did not necessarily have Cleveland near the top of his wish list. Uh, but money talks, off he goes, and the other owners are saying, what the hell, Jimmy? What are you doing? And I doubt they're pumping their gas at any pilot stations and, and protest. And it would, fast forward to this offseason, you have Arthur Blank for the Falcons, their owner. Seeing these are two very different situations, and, and he kind of hinted at other factors, um, health being one of them. And I get it. This is a different quarterback. This is a quarterback that is going to run. That's what he does best. He's Barry Sanders, at quarterback, and I mean that as a compliment. It's good to have a running back at the quarterback position because he can throw too. But the thing is, he doesn't really take the hits other quarterbacks do. I think that's what gets lost in this is the fact that Lamar Jackson, while his Seasons have ended prematurely. He's not taking those hard body blows. He does a good job of avoiding the contact. And I just keep coming back to the fact that I would rather take five years of guaranteed money to Lamar Jackson over five years of wandering aimlessly at quarterback. Teams spend a whole generation looking for a quarterback. Believe me, living here in Buffalo, New York, we've seen it. Nearly two decades, this team didn't have a quarterback. And they finally find one. They start winning division titles. Super Bowl is now the bar, the expectation. Anything less than that is a failure for the Buffalo Bills. So that's a good place to be as a franchise. But it took a long road to get there. You found him, right? You drafted Lamar Jackson. He won an MVP unanimously. He's in his prime. We're not talking about a 31-year-old's quarterback. We're talking about a quarterback in his prime. His speed isn't going anywhere. His athleticism isn't going anywhere. Greg Roman went somewhere. He's gone. You're going to have a modernized passing attack, which helps. Maybe a good receiver will walk through that door now. A lot of veterans didn't want to play there, not necessarily because of Lamar Jackson's accuracy, because of the scheme, because it was very elementary, as Steve Smith said, uh, after that loss to the Bills in the playoffs on NFL Network, it, it's it was a bad passing scheme. That's gone. I think that just pers- I think teams are overthinking this, overanalyzing it. If your plan is to just middle your way through a season, win seven eight games with whoever at quarterback, and bide your time. So you have a shot at drafting one the next year or signing one the next year. Go ahead. But you know, even though it does cost you a lot of money, you know what you get in Lamar Jackson. And so here's my point. I think that once we get through the draft, uh, granted, there's not really a deadline that's going to spur action at the moment other than teams wanting to know what in the hell they're going to do offensively, which is a, which is a big factor because if you do go with Lamar Jackson, you're changing your offense up. That's why the Jets just aren't going to pivot. Connor Orr with Sports Illustrated, he made that point on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago. Right where with Nathaniel Hackett and everything they have access knows wise, it's it's not like they can use Lamar Jackson as leverage and 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 trading for Aaron Rodgers with Green Bay because Green Bay knows they're not just going to completely change their offense at this point. So that would be the only element of urgency here is really wanting to get him in place, get him in a playbook, get the rest of the offense in that playbook, and go. Through April, May, June. But at this point, as we talk here, March 28th, the draft a few weeks away, I think the Indianapolis Colts are content seeing what the draft brings. Uh, Chris Ballard, always one of the more transparent GMs in the league, left all options on the table. Uh, Jim Ursay, while he did poo poo the idea of guaranteed money, as most owners would. He said the quiet part out loud. This seems like a team that might be open to it still. Just logically, right? If if the draft doesn't break the way that they want it to break and they miss out on Stroud and Young and maybe they don't feel good about Richardson. Maybe they're looking at their roster. Hey, you, you heard from Zaire Franklin on this podcast, the NFL's fourth leading tackler. He called last year's team... Possibly the most talented Colts team he's had in his career. There, he's been there five years. In terms of DeForest Buckner, right? Shaq Leonard, almost a Darius Leonard, Stephon Gilmore, not not there anymore. But you still have Kenny Moore. You've got a lot. Quitty Pay. You've got a lot of really good players on the defensive side of the ball. Jonathan Taylor may be the best running back in the NFL. Michael Pittman, a rising stud at receiver. Uh, Do you want to bring in a project at quarterback that's going to need two years? Probably, you know, I still think, (laughs) I still think after recycling all these veterans, like a, uh, a youth movement is probably the best thing for the Colts. I'm just saying that process of elimination, Lamar Jackson could make sense in Indianapolis. If the draft doesn't go the way that they would like it to, Uh, because it's, you can talk yourself into that roster. And it's a fast track in the Dome, which is unbelievably ideal for Lamar Jackson and his skill set to be a lot of fun to see Lamar Jackson in that Dome. You heard from Matthew Collar on this podcast, float the idea of the Vikings being a possibility financially, it's a little more difficult to pull that off. And we've seen uh, Cuesi Adolfo Mensa, the general manager, navigate free agency very, very cautiously, navigate the draft cautiously. I mean, he traded... With two division teams, Green Bay and Detroit, down he he went down in both cases. You very rarely see teams within the division trade on draft day, um, and and he wasn't afraid to. And I give him all the credit for that. Th- this would be a little out of character, it seems for for him. He's a, a big time analytics guy, loves accumulating draft picks, loves being financially sound. It, it's hard to really make sense of it, but you know there was the report out there that there a possibility. They have not committed to Kirk Cousins beyond this season. Hendon Hooker, maybe that's where they go in the draft. Yeah, he's this first season's a wash with his ACL injury. By the time he returns, what is he, 26 years old? So you're talking about a quarterback by the time his rookie deals up, is into his 30s. He's old. And he was really good in college, right? Whenever a Tennessee game was on, you saw it. I mean, he was one of the best college players. So are guys like Brandon Whedon and Chris Winkie, who were old too. I think that that age factor is exactly that. That that's a variable you have to take into account. So, not a pick I don't that would get Viking fans necessarily all jacked up. Uh, I, the Vikings just really fascinate me. Where where do they go from here at quarterback? They're in that middle ground. They're not afraid of that middle ground, and they did win the division last year. And they've got the right coach. I, I believe they have the right GM, but they've made some really hard decisions letting a lot of really good players like Eric Kendricks, Adam Thielen, leave. Um, you wonder if Dalvin Cook could be traded at some point. They did find a way to make Harrison Smith work. They're trying to kind of play that game of whack-a-mole that's tough and, and letting, letting players go, keeping other players. But it all comes down to quarterback. Maybe they factor in. Atlanta, right from the shoot, made it clear that they're not interested. Let's not forget that the Arizona Cardinals... On their Twitter account, the year they had the first overall pick, told the world that Josh Rosen is their guy, as rumors swirled about quarterback. Well, Josh Rosen was not their guy for long. They drafted Kyler Murray. So things can change. And I think that's what we'll see here. I think that time will pass. Plans will take shape. The draft will unfold. It's going to take some patience on Lamar Jackson's part. It's hard to see him in a Baltimore uniform. And I I get the Ravens' stance from a hardcore business perspective. Looking at this as, okay, we're going to franchise tag you. We don't believe that there is the market out there that you think is available. So go ahead, give it a shot, and we want you to be our quarterback. John Harbaugh said it today. They've expressed that they want him to be their quarterback. But when you take that route, you do risk damaging a relationship and with Lamar Jackson putting that out there himself today, it does seem like this is damaged to a point of potential no return. So we'll see how that unfolds. Um, There could be a desperate owner out there. We really thought it, it was going to be Dan Snyder and the Washington Commanders. Martin Mayhew, their general manager, they're rolling right now with Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett. Um, Dan Snyder apparently not looking to polish his product off before the big sale and elsewhere on the NFL Odell Beckham. He's at the owner's meetings. He's talking to teams. You wonder what he's asking for. I thought this was really interesting. Brock Purdy, uh, a really strong vote of confidence from John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, both that Brock Purdy deserves to be the team starter. If he's good to go health wise, I love it. It's, I mean, yeah, I again he's Mr. Irrelevant. He was the last player picked in the draft. But what what kind of message do you send your locker room if a player who woes if you're you're counting that game, he gets thrown in right at the start. Eight and one as your starter? In three playoff games, he doesn't throw a pick, throws for three touchdowns, almost six hundred yards. Uh you know, if they if he plays that NFC Championship game or didn't barely play in that game, he couldn't throw the ball. If he plays in that, that could have been a different game. Uh, he, he was everything that Kyle Shanahan would like out of that position, and Kyle Shanahan has kind of gone back and forth on this all. It's, it seems like year to year he either wants that caretaker placeholder robotic. Here's exactly the throw that I want you to make on this play this look, I'm setting you up for success on a play to play basis. That's that's why they had this weird relationship with Jimmy Garoppolo. It was kind of like a kind of like a high school relationship right when you're 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 breaking up every two, three weeks. one one second it seems like they can't stand each other the next time to, the next day they're back together. It's back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And next thing you know, they're constantly going to conference championship games. And Jimmy Garoppolo just earned himself a good chunk of change with the Las Vegas Raiders. So good for him. But we'll see how good he is outside of the Kyle Shanahan offense. There was that world in which Kyle Shanahan lived. And yet he is also acutely aware that he dialed up the perfect play in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs to win it all. And Jimmy Garoppolo could not make that throw to Emmanuel Sanders. And then I believe it was the next year at home against Josh Allen, Brian Dable, the Buffalo Bills, when they're at the the, the peak of their powers offensively, just smashing teams and then dancing all over your grave. I mean, that, that was a fun time for the Buffalo Bills 2020. Granted, there weren't a lot of fans in the stands, but boy, that offense. That night against San Francisco and Robert Sala's defense, Remember Robert Sala's trying to become a head coach and his unit was just straight up honked by the bills that night. You know, from what you hear Kyle Shanahan's approach to the quarterback position changed. It's wow. Okay. I guess I do need a transformer of an athlete at the position. And then he had that choice between the two Mac Jones out of Alabama Trey Lance out of North Dakota State, uh, it, it, they they absolutely went back and forth on this decision throughout the process. Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, those two, they weren't telling anybody, even on staff, what they were thinking, um, as we found out after the fact. The choice was Lance. The choice was their shot at that transformer, and we just haven't seen him yet. Injuries have uh, ruined his career to this point, maybe Maybe he is a freak. I was really jacked to see him in this offense last season. Didn't get to see it. Who knows health-wise what he's able to do off of off of this injury. However you slice it, though, you, you cannot just immediately send Brock Purdy to the bench. If he's healthy. Big if. Right? Last picture we saw of him, big old brace over his arm. If he's good to go, he's your starter. I like it. I think it sends a great message to your locker room because they're all in there with him. They saw that they won games with him. And... Until he falters, which he didn't. I mean, he. we saw Jimmy Garoppolo falter. We saw him take you to a point. We just didn't see with Brock Purdy. Until he gets to that point, he's your starter. So hard to argue with that. Okay, and in Buffalo, let's end on this. Sean McDermott is going to call plays officially. It is his defense. It's good in the sense of... Okay, if it succeeds, there's no more games. Is it Leslie Frazier that should be held accountable? Is it Sean McDermott who should be held accountable? He's been the defensive coach all along. This is his baby. It's his scheme through and through. I mean, we counted the amount of time in between plays at the end of that 13-second game. Plenty of time for the head coach to intervene and adjust and help and make sure that they're lined up. Remember, they called timeouts before each of those plays or had timeouts before each of those plays. That set up the game, tying field goal to force overtime. It, it, it's his defense now. So he's calling the plays. I, I would be a little concerned because game management has been such an issue for him as a head coach in the playoffs. Now you're kind of keeping defensive play calling on top of that. And the head coach trying to rein in Josh Allen on top of that, which as we got into Jim Otis doesn't seem like the wisest plan uh, when this is The player, the weapon, nobody else has that you possess. Take full advantage of it while you can. But we know who's we now there's no games. We know who's accountable for this defense. So we'll see. We'll see how it works out. Uh, I think all fans would love a little more aggressiveness. And it is strange how Leslie Frazier just kind of stepped away. They've made it clear it was his choice. Very odd timing, very odd that Al Holcomb was brought in earlier in the offseason who was up for the defensive coordinator job with Leslie Frazier when Sean McDermott was first hired. As, As Mona's detailed, they go with Frazier, and what, six, seven years later, Holcomb's in town, Frazier's out, McDermott's calm plays. There will be a lot of pressure on him this season. The seat is warmer, objectively. I think we can all agree on that because of the Super Bowl expectations. Like I said, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, Brian gudikins so much to get into there. Give Gudikins a lot of love, a lot of credit for filling us in on his version of events. He had no choice. Uh, I got to say, <laughs> could kind of relate to a degree when Aaron Rodgers sat down with his uh, pal in Milwaukee radio after that Bleacher Report story I wrote ran in 2019 and, when you're just kind of blatantly hearing things that aren't true. Uh At that time, I chose to just let the story stand for itself. It has stood the test of time. And now we've got this platform to fill you in on the quarterback, the team, best to our knowledge, best that we can. And the truth is coming to light, right? Where, where actions speak louder than words. And his actions all along have spoke quite loudly that, You bleed green and gold. You allegedly love the Packers and you spend a lot of time expressing that love. Yet that phone call cannot be placed to the GM. Instead, it's podcasting about darkness retreats and how you wiped in the dark. Uh, Very strange. Very strange. Best of luck to the New York Jets on this endeavor. We'll get into this more later in the week. Uh, That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And sharing the podcast, we've got a lot of stories heading your way. I know it's been a little quieter on the written word front over at golongtd.com the last few days. uh, But I will have a profile on a Buffalo native who plays for another team very soon. Just a a really compelling story on that front end. Uh, As kind of alluded to, Green Bay Packers we will get back and take a a fresh look at um, the situation there team-wise, without giving too much away. All right. Thank you very much. Rating, reviewing, sharing, subscribing. Fueled by Fatty Beer Company. We'll talk to you soon.